listening to Plan Style Do, the wedding podcast. Hello and welcome to Plan Style Do. I am your host, Jordan Weaver. I'm a wedding planner and stylist and founder of Jordan Weaver Events. Each week, I bring you bite-sized episodes and interviews with leading wedding industry experts to help take the stress and confusion out of your wedding planning. In today's episode, I'm chatting to Alex Power. Alex is a fourth-generation printmaker specializing in letterpress wedding stationery, and she's the owner of Sydney-based studio Terrace Press. Now, unless you have an artistic or a creative background, choosing your wedding stationery can be a confusing process. In today's episode, we're going to be doing a kind of wedding stationery 101 with Alex. She's going to give us an overview of how the design process and printing process works and explain the different printing options and finishes so that when it comes to your own wedding invitations or wedding stationery, you know your letterpress ink from your hot foil and you can choose what's right for you and your budget. So let's get started. Hey, Alex, thanks for joining me. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. Now, I'm really mindful of the fact that wedding stationery and printing and finishes can be a really tricky subject for people to understand. So we're going to try and keep things uh, really clear in this episode and break down all that jargon. But before we do that, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name's Alex and I'm the owner and printer here at Terrace Press. Um, We design and print event stationery like save the dates, invitations and things all the way through to the day of pieces like menus, place cards and larger signage for the day. Um, And yeah, as you mentioned before, I'm the fourth generation printer in my family. Um, And yeah, growing up, I just didn't really intend on getting into the industry. But once I'd left school and was on my gap year, I really got into the design world and in particular different printing processes. My favorite ones were screen printing and block printing. And yeah, I just went on to study pre-press and printing at Billy Blue College of Design. And once I graduated, I just jumped straight into working within the industry. Um, That's when I quickly realised that there was an extremely mundane side to the printing industry. Um, I was at a printing company where we were printing things like annual reports and PDS forms for insurance companies. And I was like, oh, I don't really I don't really know that this is for me. Um, My dad and my pop had always spoken about, you know, the good old days in the industry and how hands on their job was. And I was really craving that. And that's kind of when I stumbled upon letterpress printing. And at 21 years old, I bought my first printing press with the help of my grandfather, Fred, and a few of his mates from his like good old printing days. And they were really lovely and helped me set up my like little press and um, it wasn't really little. It was actually a a 1.1 ton um, Heidelberg windmill that I had to get up a fairly steep driveway. Um, And yeah, they like helped me pretty much learn everything from scratch. I knew like all the textbook side of the printing process, um, but in terms of actually operating the press, setting something up to print and the endless troubleshooting that happens on these antique machinery, 
um, yeah, was just, yeah, really great to have their help. And yeah, even just little things like mixing up ink and stuff was just all new to me. So that's kind of where I started. Oh, beautiful. I love that it's the knowledge that's been passed down through the generations and now you're applying it to create beautiful contemporary pieces. It's gorgeous. Well, let's get into the nitty gritty um, and some really practical advice for couples. So should we start with timings uh, just so that couples can have an idea of what they should be organizing for their wedding stationery and when. Now I suggest couples start by setting their mail out date um, for their save the date cards and their invitations. So this will vary from couple to couple, but generally speaking, I recommend sending your save the date cards out as soon as you've locked in your venue and um, and then your invitations around four to six months out from your wedding. So let's say, for example, that they want to send out their save the dates on the 1st of January. So how long would you recommend that they allow for the process of designing and printing? Because I think sometimes people overlook that, that, you know, you can't just magic up a save the date or an invitation, that there is there is time that needs to go into the design and printing process. Yeah, I do think that that is one of those things that people definitely underestimate the time. Um, I have had couples come to me with very little time up their sleeves and I'm like, I can't believe you've planned a whole entire wedding and, you know, spent all of this money on deposits and you've not even invited one single person. Like it's just, to me, being a stationary person, it blows my mind. But um, like you said, I'm a really big fan of Save the Dates. Um, I think once you've got your venue booked, there's really no excuse to not just jump on the bandwagon and get them started. Um, The two main reasons why I really love them is firstly, they don't have to be super specific. So once you've got your date, the names and the general location of where your wedding is going to be, you can essentially put together a save the date. Um, And it's just a really great way to let your guests know what's going to be happening but you don't have to have all those nitty gritty details like, you know, the start time of your ceremony. Um, And yeah, just allows your guests to kind of be informed, know if they have to book flights or accommodation. And um, yeah, the second thing is once you have sent them out to your guests, most people will kind of give you a little bit of an indication as to whether or not they're coming. And I think that's really helpful for then later down the track when you're trying to do your invitations you've got more of a clear picture of how many invitations you're going to need or, you know, if you do have a big guest list and a small venue and you do have kind of that B list or sub list that you want to invite extra people, you can because you already have an idea of who's coming. Um, But back to your question, if you are looking to send them out around the 1st of January, we really like to allow three weeks for letterpress printing and two weeks for digital printing with another two-ish weeks on top of that for design. So in total, it's about one and a half to two months ahead of when you'd like to mail those um, pieces out to your guests. Um, However, I do want to just note that when it is that Christmas New Year time, does it matter if it's when you're actually sending things out or if you're getting married at that time of year, I always try to factor in a few extra weeks Um, That Christmas New Year time is always just manic in life in general. And, um, you know, things like Australia Post are working to capacity. And I just think it's great to factor in extra time where possible at that time of year. 
Absolutely. That's great. That's wonderful for, for couples to get an idea of the timeframes. Would you say the similar type of timeframe would work kind of one and a half to two months ahead of, ahead of time for the invitations as well? Yeah, it's very similar time frame to the save the date. The only thing that I would say is potentially allow an extra week for design as, you know, invitations generally will have some extra pieces like, you know, RSVP cards or a map. Um, and if we are doing something custom where you are having, you know, an illustrated map or we're having some hand calligraphy done for your names that's going to, you know, be digitalized for printing, it is really great to just have a bit more time for the design. So I'd still say the three weeks for letterpress printing, two for digital printing, um, but I'd allow more like three weeks for the design. And when it comes to your wedding invitations, it seems to me at Terrace Press that you really do have options for any kind of budget. So should we start by breaking down the different options you have um, and explain what they are? So you've mentioned uh, digital printing. Can you run us through that and explain to us what digital printing is? So we do um, have a lot of options here, which is really lovely. Um, coming from a family of printers, it means that um, we have access to a range of different printing methods, essentially in-house, because we can utilise each of our family members and their different styles of printing methods that they do. Um, and we can combine these um, for our couples. So, you know, if you are wanting to have a letterpress um, invitation, but, you know, and a digitally printed RSVP card or, you know, a big acrylic welcome sign, they're all printed in-house with us. So I'm not having to wait on, you know, external suppliers and having all of those, you know, extra bits and pieces that can go wrong. So it's kind of nice having everything in-house. Um, for digital printing, it can also be referred to by other places as flat printing, is essentially the same as a colour printer that you'd find at home or in an office. Um, but it's a larger professional version which um, can achieve a higher quality print and it takes larger sheets of paper. Oh, okay, so digital printing, I guess, is is the kind of most basic uh, form of printing, similar to what we have at a home printer, uh, but I guess just on a much, much larger scale. So next up is letterpress printing. Now, this is something that um, I think probably a lot of people might not have heard of or might not quite understand. So can you tell us about letterpress printing and how this can be applied to wedding stationery? So um, letterpress printing is an older style printing process, which involves a custom plate to be made for each colour that we print. So unlike your digital printing, um, this is where the pieces are printed one colour at a time. So you don't have that luxury of, you know, printing a big full colour image or, you know, having text in different colours um, without having to order additional plates. So... A custom printing plate, as I said, is made for each colour. And this also includes a blind or a no ink print that we can do. Um, the printing plates are inserted into our letterpress machines and the plate is inked up by the ink rollers and each sheet of paper is printed one at a time. So as the plate is inked up, it then, you know, the paper will pass into the press and as it prints and leaves that, you know, design behind on the sheet of paper, it will actually also press into the paper, leaving a beautiful impression behind. So that's kind of um, ink 
but it also performs um, a hot foil option, which is very similar to the ink process, but instead of using a plastic plate um, and ink, it actually requires a metal plate and a roll of foil. So the way that it works is that the metal plate is heated up in the letterpress machine and as the paper passes into the machine, that hot plate that has the design on it will press the foil onto the paper and essentially as it heats up, it adheres that foil onto the plate. Again, it, it does leave um, that impression into the paper. And then the third process that a letterpress machine can do is called die cutting. Um, so I think at the moment there's that, you know, big trend of um, arch invitations and, you know, circular menus and that's just not achievable when you are cutting things in a guillotine that has, you know, a square edge. So die cutting is a finishing process that we can do on the press um, to achieve, achieve these different shapes. And it kind of looks like a a cookie cutter it gets popped into the machine just where the printing plate would go and as that sheet of paper passes through the machine the same as it would when it's being printed with the ink or the foil it gets pressed into that die form which has like that cookie cutter knife edge and it cuts that shape out of the paper so it is definitely like the finishing process and is done once all of the printing has been done. Wow. So it sounds like really there the possibilities are limitless when it comes to the shapes you have and and the types of things you can achieve with letterpress. You can achieve these amazing um, shapes and and finishes. Um, But letterpress and things like the custom inks and foils, um, so metallic and silver and gold foils, they are a bit more of an investment for couples. And that's one of the things that I do kind of flag with couples that, you know, obviously there are so many options of what you can do, but not all invites are created equal, I guess, and not all um, printing and processes are the same kind of price point. So can you tell us why things like custom inks and and foils are more expensive and why letterpress can be more expensive than uh, digital printing? Yeah, so as I mentioned before, every time something gets printed through the letterpress machine, it either requires a custom plate or also a custom die shape. Um, So these cost money and the setup of it all costs money. So for example, if we were going to print an invitation that had some subtle blind printed flowers in the corner, it had the main text of the invitation in a black ink and then featured the couple's names in a gold foil, that would actually require three separate printing plates and three separate passes through the letterpress machine. So each time that happens, there's also a setup. So firstly, I'd probably, if I was printing this hypothetical job, I'd do the blind print first on each piece of paper. Then I would set up the second plate into the press, adding black ink onto the press. So black ink isn't something that I would have to mix up as a custom ink because that black is straight from the the can. But, you know, if we were to be doing a green or a pink or whatever, there's thousands and thousands of Pantone colours and everything is measured down to, you know, the 0.0 of a gram. Like it's crazy. So doing custom inks do take time. And then we would print the ink of all the text one at a time, clean down that press and then I'd actually pop it onto a different printing press that we have set up just for foiling. That would then go through 
for a third time with the metal plate to apply the foil for that couple's names. And each time we're, you know, checking that all the crop marks line up to each other, that, you know, the impression is deep across the whole entire thing and that colours are correct. Yeah, it, it takes time when you're moving things around and getting things perfect. And yeah, that's just why it is more of an investment as well as say, for instance, like the foiling plates are made out of metal. Like, there are quite a few hundred dollars each. So yeah, that's why it is the investment. But when people are doing things in foil, we also try and utilize that foil plate onto other pieces. So in the past, we've had people who have had their names, letterpress, like foiled onto their invitations. And we've also used that later down the track on their ceremony booklets or across their save the dates. And yeah, we, we try and also save you money where we can by reusing those plates where possible. Wow, it's fascinating to get a kind of sneak peek behind the scenes of what is involved because I don't think many people realise just how labour-intensive and how much work goes into creating these incredible um, wedding stationery pieces. So it's so beneficial and I think it does put into context um, why there are the costs that are associated with wedding stationery that there are because, um, you know, some couples when they're going into the process just have no concept of how much things cost so it's great to be able to get that context and kind of give them some more understanding. I've actually in the past had couples um, come pre-corona for a press check just to check a colour or to, you know, see the process because they might be a designer and they are actually quite blown away with the process because, like you said, they you don't see those behind the scenes. You don't see the hours it takes to sometimes mix an ink and, you know, you might have got a 0.0 gram of something wrong and it's a completely different grey to the grey you were mixing and therefore you, you know, do it two, three times. Um, and, you know, you'll move the plate two, three times. And I think, you know, if you can, post-corona, be coming in for a press check, that is something that we do offer and it is really quite the experience to watch the first few pulls of your invitations being printed and I think you gain that reason why you're spending all that money on invitations like it all of a sudden makes sense because of the craftsmanship that goes into it. And it's that experience. I love when I'm planning and styling a wedding. I want it to be an experience. The process of planning a wedding should be an enjoyable and memorable experience. And um, for couples to be able to go in and see the printing process behind their stationery, I think is pretty cool. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff, but I think that's super cool. Um, now we've discussed the printing techniques. The other element of things like invitations um, and wedding stationery that are going to make a big impact is your your paper or your cardstock. Now, this is one thing that I find couples really have difficulty visualising unless they have samples in front of them. But I guess in the simplest form, the higher uh, what they call the the GSM, the thicker the paper. So, can you tell us a little bit about paper stock? Uh, what thickness do you recommend for invitations and wedding stationery to really give them a beautiful finish? Yeah, so GSM's a a funny one. Um, It actually stands for grams per square metre. So whilst most people do refer to it as the thickness, it actually is in relation to the weight of the paper. So whilst it is technical, 
like you said, I just think it's really important that all couples invest in getting a sample pack from whoever they're printing with because I've just heard so many horror stories of people being like, oh, yes, I'll go with that paper. And then when it arrives, it's just completely not what they had in mind. And it could have just been completely avoided by purchasing a sample pack. And not only do you get to feel those papers, but you get to see colours, you get to see all the different printing methods in person, and you just don't get that full effect when you're looking at a photo of something on Pinterest or something on someone's Instagram. But personally, I don't think you can go past a 600 GSM, 100% cotton um, piece for your main invitation. It just feels so luxurious. Like if you've never felt a 600 GSM piece of paper before, you really need to order a sample pack because it is just beautiful. Um, and it's just a dream to print on for letterpress printing. The, the letterpress print leaves just such a beautiful impression into the paper. It's kind of like, you know, this cotton paper is a soft pillow and it just absorbs that beautiful deep impression. But it also allows the letterpress print to just be sharp and crisp. And yeah, I don't think you can go past it. Yeah, I entirely agree with you. It's really important to get that sample pack when you're you're doing your invitations because it really does give you an idea of the feel and the weight of the paper and and like you say the um the colors as well. So definitely good advice there. Um, now we've we've touched on printing, we've touched on uh, cardstock. There are some final finishing touches that can also be added to invitations as well. So can you tell us about some of these, that um, some of these extra finishing touches that you add to your invitations when you're designing them for a couple? My goodness, embellishment. They pretty much feel endless. You know, we're, we're always constantly adding bits and pieces that people can add on to their stationery. It's such a great way to really take your invitation suite to the next level of luxury or personalization. So that, you know, even if you are getting something from one of our studio designs that is, you know, more template based, you can still really make it your own. It's not just a cookie cutter template. Um, so some of these embellishments that we offer are things like envelope liners, um, and they are definitely a personal favourite of mine. I think it's just such a great way to introduce a colour or a pattern without plastering it all over your main invitation or your main pieces. Um, another favourite is a wax seal. And these are something that you can keep and use for years to come um, or even use on numerous pieces for your invitation, um, for your whole wedding. So, you know, you can seal up your invitation envelopes. You can even add it, you know, to the top of menus. It really is kind of endless. Like you could really put it on whatever you like. We actually recently got a plain wax seal that had no design on it so that we could press some dried flowers into the wax. And it's just so beautiful. So yeah, wax seals are definitely a fave. And um, belly bands are a great way that you can bundle your pieces together. They also allow um, for personalization. So if you know you wanted to have your guest names or a quote or, you know, even just have them plain, it's, they're really great. Um, one of our kind of popular embellishments at the moment is a vellum wrap so it's a similar concept to a belly band but instead of it being you know a, a small amount of paper it's a, a wrap that almost covers the whole invitation um, and vellum is a card stock that's um, 
like quite see-through. So as you have it wrapped around that invitation, it just creates this soft, subtle layer over the top that your guests kind of then get to unveil the main piece. But yeah, we're able to source pretty much anything, silk ribbons, twines, whatever really your heart desires. We've sourced a lot of things for a lot of different couples. So we're always up for the challenge and to help our couples elevate and take their stationery to the next level. I have to say, I do love a an embellishment. And like you say, it is a great way for couples, maybe if they're going for a more standard design or standard template for their invitations or their save the dates to really add that extra level of personalization. Well, today we have covered so much of, of what you do but I feel like it's only the tip of the iceberg. So when it comes to couples finding out more about you and and a complete raft of what you do at Terrace Press, where can they find you? So you can find us online. We have all of our contact details, so our phone and email um, addresses on our website, as well as a lot more information and resources to help you get started with your stationery. Our website is terracepress.com.au. But we're also quite social on Instagram and Facebook with the handle Terrace Press. Wonderful. Well, I will pop all the details in the show notes as well so couples can look you up and find you. But thank you so much, Alex. There have been so many amazing bits of advice and and tips in this interview to really help educate and um, inform couples so that they're not going in so blindly when they're designing their wedding stationery. So thank you so much for joining me. Well, that brings an end to this week's episode of Plan Style Do. I hope you have enjoyed it. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen listen in so that other brides and grooms can find us and also don't forget to check out jordan weaver events on instagram through the handle at jordan weaver events i am jordan weaver and i will catch you next time